The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. Folks, Kyle here. I'm a physical therapist and a fantasy football junkie. I've been doing Dynasty for a year and I joined the Dynasty Warzone Patreon about six months ago and never have I felt more comfortable with having Memphis, Jerry, and the guys in the patron chat help me with buys, sells, and navigating free agency and rookie draft. I can't recommend them enough, and so join the Patreon, because if you ain't first, you're last. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday, and happy bonus show, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. Today's topic is going to be part two, the continuation of the international rookie mock draft the international mockery that i started on wednesday with g of the aussie guys podcast but not only do i have one co co-drafted this time i've got two uh one keeps our international theme going his name is jd he is the host of the goat district podcast and he hails from the great white north of canada but my other mock drafter you know him as the man of the hour and the man with the power. And this man is not only internationally known, but he's locally accepted. Jerry Sinclair, what the hell's going on? Internationally known, like I'm El Chapo or something. What an intro. And, and locally accepted, that, that's the whole thing. It's, it's great to be locally known, but it's even more important to be locally accepted. So Jerry and I, man, we got JD. We're going we're gonna to get into the round two of the one quarterback not tied in premium that we, uh, we've been promising these people. Not going to talk a lot about quarterbacks. Hint, hint. Um, you'll hear a lot of that in the show, but just as a quick aside, you know, I would, I, I would only take a, a, a rookie quarterback in a one QB league if I was either A, lost someone, or B, I had a very mobile quarterback. Like if I had a, uh, a Lamar Jackson, a Kyler Murray, um, if – a Josh Allen. If those guys depended on their legs, then I could do that. But we're going to get into all that in just a second. Uh, look for, if you're listening to this on Friday, there's going to be a new edition of the Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor over on that feed. Again, just search Dynasty Happy Hour in your podcast queue. You'll find it. It's the Friday Contractor. It's the one with JC. And we're covering his 10-man sleeper league, 1QB. So there you go. Going to continue to tell you these shows have been running around an hour, but don't ever get surprised if one runs around 90 minutes. And we've got a lot to cover. We're, we're, we're doing a lot. We've got a very special show coming up this Wednesday. Looking to book a very special guest. But uh, Jerry, how are all your rookie drafts? We're in a startup together. What's going on with you, man? Good. I'm actually in another startup. Uh, Kyle's trying to, was trying to get me into an auto league because we were on the uh, open bar recently. And they all made fun of me because I had never done an auction. So Kyle, being the sweetheart that he is, who I bust his chops often, but is actually a nice guy. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this episode. He's trying to get me in on that. So rookie drafts are going good. I think I have at least one share of just about every damn rookie possible. Any, uh, the start. Oh, any, go ahead. I was gonna say, any, any guy that you've got multiple shares of that you're really excited about? Um. So I actually have more shares of Joe Burrow than I thought I ever would. And maybe that's because I'm also taking him in startups for whatever reason, Randy, 
I got this there. So in, in a startup that we're doing, I it's five points per passing touchdown. So I knew I was going to go two quarterbacks early because I don't ever like messing around in super flex. So if you are ever in a super flex draft with me, I will let you know, right? This second, I will take two quarterbacks early because I don't like being the guy that has to deal with it. And I got stuck in a spot where it was a bunch of 31 year olds or 29 year olds that were mediocre. And then Joe Burrow. And I watched some Joe Burrow and my goodness, that dude is just smooth and he can sling it and he's accurate. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go with Joe Burrow. And honestly, I think I have too much rookie fever on him. Honestly, because there's, I am one of those people that usually doesn't trust a rookie as far as I can throw them. And if you've ever seen me in person, I could not throw anybody very far. You do have those little uh, spindly arms on yeah, you. Yeah, little noodle arms. I can't, it's, it's a, and that's, it's and that's being nice. That's being nice. It's a, Listen, Rand, Randy's out here like curling semi-tires and whatever else he's doing. Meanwhile, I get a, a strain from the donut. But for whatever reason, Joe Burrow and T. Higgins, I'm on this weird thing where I need to stop drafting because for these, I don't know, this week or two period, I'm taking them everywhere. Because I am just buying in so much. What about you? Is there anybody you're you're sort of feeling that way about, or maybe guys you've just taken a ton of? Don't tell me Michael Pittman. I know damn well Michael Pittman's getting taken. Give me someone besides the Colt. Okay. Well, well, first of all, guilty as charged, Your Honor. I have three shares of Michael Pittman. I'm a huge fan, but I liked him before the draft. The fact that he happens to be wearing blue and white with a horseshoe on his helmet. That's just makes it that much sweeter. That's just the cherry on the Sunday. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn, man. Um, I heard this on another pod, but they said that he was most comparable to Dalvin Cook. So I went to playerprofiler.com, sure enough, type in Keyshawn Vaughn, most comparable to Dalvin Cook. Now, I'm not telling you that he's going to be Dalvin Cook just because they have a lot of physical traits and, and history behind them. But, man, I, I just see a guy in an offense – that is going to put up points. That's going to have to put up points. Uh, he's the best pass blocker walking in the door. And when you got a 43-year-old uh, quarterback back there that's as mobile as your dining room table, you had best keep him upright. And I still feel like when Ronald Jones is on the field, you know, Jerry, you're an old poker player, right? Oh, yeah. You're like you're tipping your mitt. If, if Ronald Jones is on the field, it's like, hey, guys, we're going to run the ball here. Or if Darway Agumbawale is on the field, you're like saying, hey, guys, we're going to pass the ball here. But if Keyshawn Vaughn, who has demonstrated a three-down skill set in college, even on bad teams, you don't know. And he's the most capable of keeping your $50, I'm sorry, excuse me, $50 million asset in Tom Brady upright. That's kind of a big deal. If you want to hear all the thoughts on those guys, go ahead. Uh, Here's the thing. How many guys did we have over the offseason come on to our show? We had a lot of guys, right? I mean, yes. If you want to listen to the greatest hit show from the day before the NFL draft, I think we had nine different analysts. And these are guys you know. I mean, we were talking Nick Whalen, Ray GQ, Matt Waldman, Mark Schofield, Garrett Price, Tyler Gunther. I mean, the, the list was quite impressive. And to give Randy credit, he spent hours editing that. So you really should listen to it. But did any of those guys... Hate Keyshawn Vaughn? Uh, The most tepid was I like him. Several loved him, including uh, good buddy Shane Hallam. So a lot of people loved him. Everybody liked him. No one had too many criticisms. No, and that's another one of those dudes that I always talk about that are fighters, and they just fight for everything they have. You know, listen, I... You know, I wasn't on with G, and fortunately for all the listeners, I'm not going to do my Australian accent, even though it's not terrible once I get into character. But, yeah, I mean, you took him pretty early. I mean, you took him, what was it, 107? 107, mm-hmm. I think, right by, right behind C.D. Lamb. And it's it's that same old adage, draft running backs, trade for wide receivers, because mm-hmm. running backs gain value. And if Ronald Jones continues to be Ronald Jones... That's easy money. 
And I mean, that's why I like to pick a lot. And and it's bold, my friend. You're not just that's why I like sitting at this desk talking to you because I don't hear the same I'm gonna swear right now. So just if there's kids in the car, same stupid shit that I hear over and over again. I don't hear that out of you. And that's what I like. And you went with your man and you gave good reasons. And that's what I like because it's logical and it comes with evidence and with a strong defense. And that's what I liked about the Keyshawn Vaughn pick. Well, I, I didn't do it to be quote unquote controversial. I'm not a hot take guy. I, if you're in a group chat with me, there's probably at some point I've, I've offered. <laughs> no, 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 no. You are the anti hot take guy you know my, my man rj in vegas he uh he likes to say cold cash over hot takes and i'll, I'll i'm taking this one to the bank and, and he to your point is not the flashiest he's not gonna have the best metrics he doesn't he didn't come out of the best school he's just a guy who's gonna put fantasy points on your roster in 2020 and then he's a guy um i, I think you can sell off at a tremendous value this time next year, unless maybe you love him, unless we, we see something more than we think. But enough about all that. If you want to hear about Keyshawn Vaughn or CD Lamb or all the other big running backs and wide receivers, that was in Wednesday's show, the date on the show in iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean. It's all right there. Uh, it was the May 6th edition of the Dynasty Warzone. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. Um, be sure to check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash dynasty war zone i think we've added five new people in the last week and i thought the group chat was wild before it's huh. it's really wild now great to have some super active new members and make sure to follow us on instagram and twitter at dynasty war zone now this guest tonight is the host slash co-host of three podcasts he has trade center he has Ballin. Now, Ballin's really cool because it's a best ball roster. And, Jerry, do you know what I like about J.D. and Dan and the boys over at the GOAT channel? What is that? They actually help you construct something. You know, I, I do the side hustle, the contractor. Too many shows out there just tell you who the good players are. You can go to any podcast and you can find, without fail, most people like the same guys. Most people like different guys. But we all give you good reason why. That's great, but how do you fit them into your roster? I'll tell you how. You listen to the Dynasty War Zone. You listen to the Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor, and you listen to the Goat District Podcast because not only is JD going to tell you, along with Dan and Eric, how to identify these guys. They're going to help you get them on your roster. Man, features tell, benefits sell, and that's a big benefit of tuning in to the Goat District family of podcasts. But, Jerry, enough flapping our gums. Let's go get JD. You can find him on Twitter, at Goat District. Jerry, let's go get this man. Let's do it. You want me to do the Australian accent with him? No, he's Canadian. All right, good enough. Let's get him. All right, here he is, joining us all the way from the great white north of Canada. You know him as Goat District, at Goat District on Twitter. I know him as JD and one of the best dance commissioners in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. J.D., welcome back to the Warzone, buddy. Randy, Jerry, always a pleasure. Appreciate the kind words. And uh, I, I apologize, my, my, my better half, Dan, the overhyped sleeper, at overhyped sleeper with no E on the end, uh, couldn't be with us tonight. He, he actually works, you know. Uh, <laughs> these days we're pretending to work while we're in our offices and uh, in front of our laptops, but he's actually working, so... Uh, I, I thank you guys for having me on. I, I love talking to you guys, football, talking football with you guys. And uh, tonight's going to be fun, man. Yeah, absolutely. So it got me thinking, I'm like, I'm very fortunate. And so is Jerry to have so many friends internationally that play fantasy and dynasty fantasy football. I was like, so just the other day we had G, uh, AKA Greg from the Aussie guys NFL podcast. And I was like, man, you know, one round wasn't enough, but that show was already running long. I'm like, what can I do? People want more mock draft. And then when you and I were chatting, I was like, I've got it. I've got it. I'm going to get JD to come on. We're going to do round two. So if you just happen to be tuning in on Friday uh, when this show drops, if you go back to the episode that launched on 5-6, May 6th, we did the first round of this mock draft. What is the mock draft I'm talking about? It's a 1QB, non-tight end premium league. And why 1QB? Because this is the People's Podcast. And the people said, hey, Memphis, hey, Jerry, you guys always do Superflex. 
hook a brother up, hook a sister up, give us a one QB league. And I'm like, hey, you guys are the people. We're here for the people. The people have spoken. So we're going to do that. So just so you guys know, I'm going to run down G and I's picks in order from the Wednesday show. If you want to hear some of the reasons why, go back and download the show from Wednesday, May 6th. All right. Number one overall went Clyde Edwards Hilaire to me. Greg took Jonathan Taylor at two. I took DeAndre Swift of Jerry's Lions at three. Uh, Greg took Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins of the Ravens at four. I took Cam Akers of the Rams at five. G took C.D. Lamb of the Cowboys at six. I took Keyshawn Vaughn of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at seven. Greg took Justin Jefferson of the Vikings at eight. I took Jalen Rager of the Eagles at nine. He, he, on this one right here, where we started to make some reaches, and some of these will kind of catch you off guard. And if you want to know why we took them, again, go back and listen. Uh, at 10, Greg took Michael Pittman Jr. Now, J.D. and I both happen to be Colts fans. Uh, he, loved, <laughs> he, he loved the pick, man. Here was the one where I surprised myself. With my last pick of, uh, of the 11th uh, overall pick there, I went Henry Ruggs, and Jerry was a little bit uh, miffed because he took <laughs> – he took Denzel Mims at the 112. So here's what we're going to do. JD, you are our guest. You will have the first pick here in just one second. Jerry, you can pick you can pick number 2 in this round and I will pick number 3. We'll have four picks each and we will start mocking. So JD, knowing that those 12 guys are gone and that it's not a super flex, who would you go with with the 201 with the board looking the way that it looks right now? Uh, I, I gotta say, I'm you and I kind of battle for for running backs in in these drafts, and and when we hit receivers, we're usually on the same ones. Like Rager and Pittman are two guys that I don't mind picking up in rookie drafts, but I'm usually focusing on running back uh, first, and and the the first half of the the second round. I mean, value wise, these guys are pretty flat. That's the nice thing about the second round. You can usually get your guy if you wait, um, but. The front end of the the second round, it's rare that you see these running backs go right. You've got about four or five receivers that are going in that first half, and if you're taking a running back, you're kind of reaching. So even though I don't necessarily target receivers uh, value wise, I'm going to take the best player available and maybe look for a trade going into the season. So Higgins going in a good situation in Cincinnati, pairing up with uh, Burroughs. Um, Obviously, A.J. Green, whether he's there or not, I mean, somebody's got to take over that role. He's he's getting up there in age. Hopefully, he gets traded. I think if you're an A.J. Green fan and just for as a football fan, you want to see A.J. Green get traded to a contender or something. But right now, it looks like Higgins going into a good situation. His future role is kind of established. He's got a good quarterback with high draft capital. I mean, where Burrow goes from here he could go either way with the, with the quarterbacks we've seen go early in, in rookie drafts recently, but I'm going to go Higgins here. I think that uh, it's him and maybe a couple guys that I'm picking between, but I'm, I'm going to go Higgins early in this first uh, in this second round. And if you're, you mentioned earlier about looking for some immediate production out of your wide receivers, when we were talking about Rager and Pittman, you know, one thing I found out and it's not a huge thing, but as you guys know, from listening to me, everything speaks. And I didn't realize this until after they were both Bengals, but Higgins and Burrow had been working together out in California prior to the draft with Jordan Palmer, QB coach extraordinaire. So when you've had time to work on chemistry and timing with a wide receiver and now your teammates, I just think back and I, I, it will age me a little bit, but I remember watching two young guys named Brandon Marshall and Jay Cutler in Denver. And those guys came out with an instant rapport. And I think that, you know, much like uh, when the chips are down, you go to your guy. And that could very well be his guy. I also don't think that uh, he'll ever leave the field. I think he'll always be one of the two uh, wide receivers on the outside. J.D., what's up, man? No, I just want to add one thing that I'm looking at when I'm looking at these uh, rookies. And, and this comes straight up from my boy Jordan McNamara who's been on our show a few times, the GOAT district, is I'm looking at draft capital, and that's just telling me how badly these NFL teams want these guys. Like, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a scout at the end of the day. Like, I grew up playing hockey. You know what I mean? I love football. 
passionate oh, about it. I watched I watched the NFL before, like way more than I watched the NHL at this point in my life. But I'm just saying, like, I, I'm not going to tell you, you know, which way the hips are turning on a receiver and all that. Like, I, I'm listening to the pros when it comes to that. And, and this guy's 201. He got drafted at 201 in the NFL draft. So for me, he's the 201 in this rookie draft. I don't hate it. Jerry, you're on the clock with uh, the 202. I think I know where you're going. Uh, you might. Listen, there's one guy that we have we have talked about. He was potentially wide receiver one. He's been a Debbie star for three years. And here's the thing. I think I would have taken T. Higgins over him, too, because I like the spot with Joe Burrow, and I think he's going to feast going forward. But my guy is fellow Jerry, Jerry Judy. And here's the thing. I, I, I had to double-check and make sure that he wasn't picked before. But I'm not all that surprised. It might seem surprising as to why Judy is going 202. How do you guys feel about Drew Locke? Because I I am not sold that this man is the future of that organization. And if he's not, he already has the rapport with Cortland Sutton for the time being that Drew Locke will be there. Noah Fant is emerging. Melvin Gordon is going to get a bigger role than anything that Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman saw. And... Philip Lindsay is still there. They added KJ Hamler too. It's that is a very flush situation for skill players with a quarterback that may not be the guy that can produce. There's one thing when it's Dak Prescott and he's got CeeDee Lamb and Amari and Michael Gallup and everybody else. Drew Locke, listen, I love Jeezy as much as the next guy, and I could watch him singing that till the end of the time because it looks like me doing it. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know uh, that situation. I'm going to take Jerry Judy because it's a value at 202. And if you can get someone of his talent at 202, it's an easy pick. But I, I have trepidation. So if you guys, you tell me if I'm, I'm crazy for that. I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I can't think I am if this is where I'm taking him. I'm going to defer to our guest first. J.D., where are you at with Judy? I've got, I've got a big smile on my face because Jerry was complaining that he didn't check the the settings on one of his traps that he started earlier. I had no idea Judy was even on the board. Cause I just, I just assumed you told me we're starting a second. I just crossed these bad boys out right down the board. And the fact that Judy's there, I'm as much as I hear that. And I'm surprised cause I don't have him crossed or I don't have him available on my sheet. I'm not surprised to hear that. Cause I feel the same way Jerry does. Um, I feel for me, Drew Locke five game sample as much as he was awesome, I think he went 80%. He was uh, QB, QB2 or better uh, in those games. And they added weapons and all the good stuff. But A, we've seen a bunch of weapons end up fresh into an organization, into an offense, and not mesh right away. So that's the first thing, especially with a, this quarterback who, again, five-game sample size. But Judy's a guy I passed on recently in a rookie draft because, like you said, I want immediate um, immediate production, immediate uh, reward with my rookie picks, and yeah, he's probably got the the name recognition that you can dr- you can trade this guy nicely once you pick them if you really have to. Like Jerry here, I mean, kudos to him. He he, you know, he obviously read the show sheet properly, unlike myself, and he got him. But if I've got Judy because I had to get him, I'm trading him because I feel the same way. I've got questions about the quarterback. There's a lot of targets to be shared. For me, Cortland Sutton is a huge buy right now. People are just, you know, as usual, the new shiny toy comes in. No matter if Sutton could have been the wide receiver one last year and was still, you know, Jerry Judy's going to come in and take a chunk of that, right, right off the bat. So I'm a little way more cautious on these rookie receivers, and I'm not surprised to see Judy fall there, but kudos to Jerry for getting a nice value there. I'm going to say this. I'm going to preface my take on Jerry Judy with saying that I am fully prepared to have him turn into 2020's A.J. Brown. Because last year we poo-pooed the landing spot in Tennessee for A.J. Brown. And listen, that's fair. And I so totally. I, just, I just want to make I sure. I actually like that. I actually uh, want to, just want to make sure that I understand full well that what I'm about to say could blow up in my face. But here here goes. <laughs> here goes. In the games that Drew Locke started last year, he only attempted more than 33 pass attempts in a game one time. That was the game where they got blown out against Kansas City. Outside of that, he never attempted more than 33 passes. And the most receptions that he had in a game 
was 25. So he com- the most completions he had was 25 completions. Now let's do some more math. He's got Cortland Sutton, who we like. They drafted K.J. Hamler as well. You got Jerry Judy. You have second-year tight end Noah Fant. You have his old college tight end, who the, the, the leadership group in Denver asked them, hey, what do you think? Do you want Albert O? Aquabunum, I think is how you say it. But we're going to go with Albert O. So there's five, three wide receivers, two tight ends. Melvin Gordon's a good pass catcher. Philip Lindsay's an okay pass catcher. Royce Freeman's a good pass catcher. I've got anywhere from seven to eight viable targets competing for 33 pass attempts. Let's ratchet that up to 35. At the ceiling, at that, the most. That, that, that's the average, is 35. Vic Fangio is an old, stodgy, you know, pound the ball, play defense kind of guy. And that's a good defense. And they got the home field advantage with the mild high. So, so how are we going to chop up these 33 targets a game? That ain't a lot. So, yes, I don't think K.J. Hamler will command a lot, but someone in Denver is going to wind up with the short end of the stick. And I'm afraid that Jerry Judy is going to be that guy. Before I make my pick, J.D., you got one more thing? Yeah, just looking at last year, like if you're going to, if somebody's going to throw his five-game sample size in my face, I'm going to just go to the numbers and say his wide receiver won last year was the wide receiver 26 in point per game. His wide receiver two, which is where I see Jody. Look, Jody, maybe he, he surpasses Sutton, but Sutton looked really good last year. I think people have got to respect what he did last year, and Judy still has to prove himself. But the wide receiver two last year with, with Locke on the field, wide receiver 56. So, again, you add the rookie situation, the COVID situation. For me, that's kind of why Judy, he's, he's in a void. Obviously, if he falls for a value, like I said, grab him, trade him. But if you're expecting something soon, it's – it's a little crowded out there in in in, uh, in Denver, but I I also kind of like your call there, uh, Randy, with the, the AJ Brown because I see the same pattern that we saw with AJ last year. AJ Brown last year, I don't remember exactly my exact rankings, but he was my wide receiver one or two. He was right there, in in the top two. Jerry Judy pre-draft was my wide receiver one. I'm gonna stick with my principles it's probably a hair early for this guy I know it is but I believe in the talent and in a one QB league I could be normally this is where if maybe I wanted to take a shot on a guy like Tua or a guy like Burrow maybe this is the area where I would start thinking about it but I'm going to get a guy that I think is going to get leaned on early and like JD's point I'll go back to Jerry Judy for just a second if he doesn't perform this year his value is going to tank we turn our backs very quickly. We'll give we'll give running backs a pass. Well, you know, the, the, the offensive line was bad, and they didn't involve him enough, and we'll make the encyclopedia of excuses for running backs. But a rookie wide receiver has a bad year. We turn our backs with a quickness. So I'm going to go running back, and the reason why I'm going to tell you this, I'm going with Anthony McFarlane, and yes, I know this is extremely <laughs> early, but I, I like this kid. And I think that as a Colts fan, J.D., you tell me if I'm wrong, Andrew Luck – when he came back from the shoulder surgery on his throwing arm, they didn't come out guns ablazing in Indy. They, they, they pounded the ball. They, they worked him back in slowly. And let's think about it. Big Ben's 38 years old. You know, injuries hurt a lot more when you're 38 as opposed to 28, and you don't come back as fast. And Big Ben's not the pillar of fitness, you know, that, that some guys are. So I see a healthy dose of ground and pound in Pittsburgh weeks one through six. I think this kid's going to be firmly involved. They've talked more about a committee approach in Pittsburgh. This is a guy that I think will add 50% to his current value this time next year. And if I want to get out from under him, if I want to quote-unquote flip him, uh, I will have more than my opportunity. So the 15th player off the board, yes, it may be a little high, but I would rather gamble on a running back in a good offense than a wide receiver at this point in the draft. I think there'll be guys I can take a a dart throw on later. So with that said, I'm going to throw it to Jerry, who can tell me what he thinks about McFarlane. When you're done, throw it to JD for the 204. I'm sort of a James Conner guy. So I I am against the grain for whatever reason. Maybe it's because I'm a Michigan State fan and they've always been the underdog. I love the underdog story of the guys that people hate. Like we're we're doing this uh, this draft today, and you said I thought the Leonard Fournette pick was crazy. I like running backs that other people hate in the same way that Randy likes quarterbacks that everybody hates. 
It's for whatever reason. So I like James Gunn. And listen, Anthony McFarlane's good. I watched him at Maryland. The the dude had us on the ropes. He beat us his freshman year. The dude is good. The dude is a lightning bolt. So if he took it, if he takes that job, the job in Pittsburgh is always conducive to fantasy points. Because if for whatever reason they are losing at the end and Ben Roethlisberger is the quarterback, it is the dink and dunk show. He will get you seven yards and out of bounds because he's a smart quarterback when it gets to that time period. Le'Veon Bell's bread and butter was just seven yards out of bounds, eight yards out of bounds. Maybe he makes one play, gets first down. It was just boom, 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 boom. And that is fantasy points every single time. Listen, at this point, if you like running backs, and guess what? Like we just talked about with wide receivers, if they tank, then you're never recouping your value. If he even hits remotely, if there is even a chance going into next offseason that you can smell that starting job with Anthony McFarlane, his value is exponentially higher than where you're taking him right now. So I don't hate it. I'm a James Conner guy. But if Anthony McFarlane is that dude, you got the steal of all steals. No, I, I love this pick. McFarlane's a guy I'm targeting everywhere I can. You and Eric at the Shiva, uh, Randy, are two guys that I'm usually battling for the, we, we for some reason end up liking the same guys. This is one of them. Like I'm looking at my uh, FFPC, I think it's my 500 here, where he went at 210 is the earliest I've seen him. I've seen him go uh, in the mid twos, like when I'm looking at some of the draft boards that uh, our boy Moto has about the for the FFPC rookie drafts, but McFarland's a guy like like we talked about in that Pittsburgh offense. You want your running backs tied to a, a high powered offense, and when Ben is back, if Ben is back, like we know Ben, you know, not Ben looking like Santa Claus or or what's that movie? Uh, that, uh, <laughs> the the Toolman. The tool. He looks like Toolman. You know, when Toolman was in that Santa movie. Uh, anyways, <laughs> what is that? Sa- Sa- I forget. Anyways, Yukon. Um, I think you're yeah. talking about Yukon Jack or Yukon Cornelius. No, no, no. I know who you're talking. You're talking no, about Tim Santa Allen movies. when he was. Yeah, I yeah, can't Tim think of what the That's name right. of it is, but yeah, okay. yeah, you know, it's Bad Santa yes. or something like that. Something like that. Anyways, but he, it, look, if Ben comes back, he elevates this whole offense. My boy Juju's back. You know, Deontay's there, and this guy fits right in. I love Connor. I love Connor. I like, I really believe in him. And last year I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy in. The problem with Connor is he can't stay on the field. And those running backs, the, the advantage is that like Jerry said, l- let's say Connor's hurt and you know, Samuel's out of the picture. You know that your boy is going to have the opportunity. You know, when you can start a running back, you have no clue when that rookie wide receiver is going to give you that, you know, whatever is 15 to 18 point game in that first year, it's really hard to manage those games because they're going to be inconsistent up and down. So I love that you're going running back earlier in the second because I don't see that a lot. I love McFarland for his upside, but I'm going AJ Dillon. You know, one thing I learned is, like I said, I don't know shit. I, I trust these NFL guys way more than I trust my opinion. McFarland, I will say this. When I started looking at these rookies earlier in the, in the year, like in the January, you know, when best ball starts, you start looking at guys that you want to start picking up late in those best ball drafts. McFarlane was definitely one of them. And he just, he flew off the page, man. He's, he's electric. So in that offense, if he gets the opportunity, I love it. But I'm going A.J. Dillon because the NFL tells me that they love him. At two, where did he go? 210? Uh, he, 230? Yeah, he, went to the, like, he was the last skill position player taken in the second round. In the second round. So, uh, you know, we talked about um, McFarlane. He went in the fourth. So I'm looking at either Zach Zach Moss or A.J. Dillon here. I can interchange these guys easily. I don't mind either of them. They're both in good situations. I'm not going to steal the thunder on the guy I didn't take, so I'm going to go A.J. Dillon. Look, we saw what Jones did last year. Everyone's expecting regression. Again, it's not that I hate Jones uh, in that offense, if anything, I think Jamal Williams is always one of those undervalued running backs. And A.J. Dillon, for me, is just coming in, and he's going to take over that Jones situation. Because I don't think that Green Bay pays Jones after next year uh, when his contract – is it next year, Randy? You're usually the contract guy. Is it, is it next year that he's done? Yeah. Uh, in, uh, or that his contract ends? Yeah, he, he's uh, – so I'll just kind of jump in on, on your pick before I let Jerry jump into his. But uh, the Green Bay told us what they're doing. 
You know, a lot of times these NFL teams, to you know JD's point, they tell us exactly what they're doing. They drafted two or three interior linemen. They drafted a tight end who basically plays H-back for them. You know, where did they get beat in the playoffs last year? By San Francisco, who bullied them right up the middle. You know, what, what, did, what did we all see? What are the Colts doing? What, what is Green Bay doing? They're, we're all trying to emulate San Francisco's model now. Come right up the middle with good defensive pressure, and then on offense, you smash the ball right down everybody's face. And I see that's what Green Bay wants to do. Uh, we'll talk about Jordan Love on the Superflex show because we're not going to be able to get to him today. At least I'm not taking him. I would be awful concerned about these two if I see uh, Jordan Love go in the next eight picks and uh, Tua, Herber, and uh, Burrow do not. But but we'll get to that in a second. But no, JD's, JD's spot on. You're talking about draft capital. We're talking about what's the team telling us? They're telling you that we're going to pound them. And if they keep Aaron Rodgers next year, He's got a huge cap number. They can't afford to sign him and everybody else. To me, it feels like dirt cheap Jamal Williams, dirt cheap rookie A.J. Dillon, and they're going to let Aaron Jones test the free agent water. So you could have an asset for three to four years there with a with a good team. So, Jerry, what do you think about A.J. Dillon and then who you got at 2-0-5? I hated the hell out of him coming in. But if somebody gets drafted that early, it, you have to turn your head like it. J.D. mentioned Jordan McNamara, always talking about how critical it is for draft capital. I I about crap myself when I saw they took A.J. Dillon where they took him. But that doesn't mean that he's, you know, I could be wrong. There's another player that's probably going to get drafted in the same, in this mock that I, I did the same thing, and I'm maybe going to take him. We'll see. But, it, it, <laughs> listen, I was surprised, but like Randy said, too, I'm just going to keep stealing all your guys' thunder. That's why I sit here anyway. They showed their hand. They at least showed one of their cards that they're not going to keep Aaron Jones for the long term. And you have second-round draft capital with A.J. Dillon. He's a big, bruising guy. He can, he's can. he got some speed behind him. Just because I don't like him doesn't mean he's not good. So it's – listen, right here, easy pick. I, 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 I like to pick. I actually have – Way more A.J. Dillon than I thought I was going to going into this draft. But for my guy, I am going to go with a wide receiver. And G actually talked about him on the last show as one of the, the leftover guys. And that's LaVisca Chanel. One of the dudes, I've had him on my Debbie team for, it seems like, 141 years. It, like, when Frank Gore was in his second year, I've had him on my Debbie squad since then. He gets banged up too much, and that's the problem. Now, I like me some DJ Chark. But they need another option. And if LaVisca Chanel can be that Debo Samuel jet sweeps trick, plus he's a, a guy that can make big jump ball catches, he could really make a huge impact this year, especially in a lot of situations for these wide receivers that are just not conducive to immediate impacts. And he's in one of those spots where he could. So I'm, I'm going to take LaVisca Chanel right here, and I'm – I'm pretty happy about that. Like, if he is a top 30 pick this year, top 30 wide receiver, excuse me, I just got a steal at 205. So I understand not loving the Jaguars, not trusting the Jaguars, and DJ Chark is good. And and we were talking before we hit record about DJ Chark being your guys, and I was trying to figure out this auction mock that I'm doing. It's not going well for the listeners, but it is what it is. I am also a DJ Chark guy because for whatever reason, he has good draft capital. He had good production. He was a monster at the combine, and people just don't love him like they should. If his name was C.D. Lamb and he had the production that D.J. Chark had last year, he would be a first-round startup pick. But that's just not the case with D.J. Chark. But I'm going to go with LaVisca Chenault because I think that's going to open it up for him so that he's able to do tons of different things in that offense and an offense that's going to need him to do tons of different things. All right. I'm going to throw this to uh, our guest. JD, are you a Chenault guy? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I like that call because in the second round, I mean, look, let's face it. All these guys look promising, but we're, we're kind of in our heads looking at them with the best case scenario. I think what Jerry's talking about, there is kind of like something I talked about. Uh, we were on um, swag show, the, the super flex show, talking about um my point is like in the second round you got to aim for upside right and this guy's definitely got upside 
I, I like what Jerry's saying with DJ Shark out there. I think DJ Shark is going to hold. He's going to be the number one targeted guy in that offense. You're looking at an offense that threw 62% of the target share to their wide receivers. I know 112 out of the 283 uh, targets that were thrown to receivers went to DJ Shark. Westbrook is like, nah, you know, he kind of, he's kind of like the Homer Simpson backing up in that bush gif where he's, you know, he's, he's not, he's not really what we hoped he was a couple years ago when some of us uh, 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 like myself were, were picking him up, uh, hoping he'd blow up. But I, I think there's an opportunity. This offense definitely wants to throw the ball. If they're, if they do move Fournette, look, dude had over a hundred targets last year. Uh, he had a hundred and, oh man, my window's messing up 102 targets. Uh, to Fournette, we never expected Fournette to get those targets because there was no one else there. So now they bring in this guy uh, with Chenault. I don't know what he's going to do his first year. I think long term, they expect this guy to be the X factor, you know, the X receiver out there in Jacksonville. I think this is a nice pick, man. He's one of those polarizing guys. I love polarizing guys. You know, Rager's polarizing. This guy's polarizing. Uh, I, I don't mind this pick at all. I, I like this pick out there. And, and I was going to say this, uh, Jerry, and you tell me if I'm wrong or not, but this is where I was going earlier. Sorry, Randy, with my point is that we were talking about Swift with, we were doing a mock draft and I was saying, I think when people see Detroit lions beside Swift's name, they automatically see all these past guys, the Mikel Shores, the, you know, you can, the list is forever ending of, of running backs that they drafted with high expectations. It's just, couldn't do it. So now we see Swift go there. doesn't matter if this guy was the best running back prospect coming in, you know, maybe six months ago. doesn't matter. He went to Detroit. So I think it's the same thing here in Jacksonville. They see DJ Shark. They see the Jacksonville logo. They, they see Fournette running the ball, defense. We still have that locked in our brains. So I think that Chenault becomes a nice value because of that here. And I like your pick there, Jerry. All right. I, I like Chenault too. Uh, I like to call him Debo South. You know, you got Debo out there in San Francisco, and he is going to play that role. He's going to line up in the backfield. He's going to play H-back. You might see him line up at tight end, and he's a big dude. He's like 6'2", 220, and uh, if he can stay healthy. My, my only concern about uh, LaVisca is that he's kind of like a, a wide receiver version of LaShawn McCoy. Like every other play, he's down. It's like, oh, God, he's hurt. He's down. Oh wait, he's he's back up. He he's in the game. That's that's kind of how, he, and you have to hold your your breath every time you see him touch the ball. But my guy, I am gonna roll with a guy that I think could get redshirted this year. And if I draft him this late in the second round, I will be thrilled if they redshirt this guy. His name is Brian Edwards. Two. He, he uh. no no no. I I I swerved you. I hit you with the swerve. No, the, so the reason why I say medical redshirt, this is a guy whose season ended uh, in South Carolina with a knee issue. Then he hurt his foot just before the combine. Uh, according to Roto World, he should be ready to, uh, to be healthy come June with the foot injury. But this is a guy that with Tyrell Williams' contract, this is the last year of his contract, he's due $11 bucks. His dead cap number is $11 bucks, so they, they might as well keep him around. You know what? L let him learn on the job. Maybe work him in. Maybe start him on the pup. I don't know. I just don't think there's any point in rushing this guy back. He's still extremely young for a guy who played four years in college. I think this is an absolute steal. Had one of the youngest breakout ages in the history of college football uh, at sub-18. But I'm going to go Brian Edwards here. Hope the Raiders do the right thing. Give him a year to get right. Let him learn the NFL and then uh, be prepared to be the uh, 1B in that offense. So that's my guy. J.D., you're back up with the 207. All right, I'm going Zach Moss, man. I like your pick with Brian Edwards. A lot of opportunity out there in uh, in Oakland. And, look, they're going to be chucking the ball, right? So he's they're going to want to make this guy part of that offense quick in the third round. So I, I like that pick a lot. I'm going back to the running backs, man. I, I just have to. Um, that impatient uh, owner that wants – instant production and look Zach Moss goes out to Buffalo he's complimenting Singletary I know you were huge on Singletary last year uh Randy but look Singletary is good the problem is he ends up in the Jamal Charles situation in my opinion he's like the between the 20s kind of guy whereas Zach Moss comes in and he's going to be that bulldozer that's going to drive the ball into the end zone you've got Josh Allen still there you know stealing some some balls from Singletary, but Zach Moss comes in. He's a third-round pick. 
There's a lot of opportunity. Look, this is one of those defensive teams that are going to be running the ball, especially when it gets cold out there in Buffalo. And Zach Moss is going to be a big part of that. I love this guy in this in this kind of second round um, range where you can get kind of immediate production, you know, which is not something you can get often in the second round of a rookie draft. All right. I am not the world's biggest Moss fan, but Jerry, Jerry, you have a soft spot in your heart for Mr. Moss. Why don't you give us a little something on Moss and then make your pick at the 208? It's weird because my Zach Moss of last year was Devin Singletary, and now they're fighting each other. It's like the (laughs) world is just cruel and evil towards me. They, I just I just want to watch them both succeed, and that just can't happen. Listen, I like the spot. It's Devin Singletary is a good player, but at no point did he ever show he's an elite asset that is certain to hold on to that job and you know run away with it for years to come. That being said, I'm also a little bit scared of Zach Moss because Devin Singletary is a good player. I have. Tons of Zach Moss already. I've traded up for Zach Moss. I like Zach Moss. I like guys that are fighters. I've said it on this show once. I'll say it a thousand more times. If there is a guy that will fight for every inch he can get on the field, then that's my type of football player, and that's my type of running back. And Zach Moss is that guy. Yeah, he's still running his 40. He runs his 40 at Jerry speeds, and that's unfortunate. <laughs> but it is what it is. It's uh, that That doesn't you know, determine he looks bad doing it in underwear, but if he could embarrass a linebacker and he can get by him and he can take it into the end zone and get me six points in my fantasy week. And I can text my friend and tell him he's a punk and I beat him. That is all I need. And that's all I care about. I love Zach Moss. I was really hoping you weren't going to go for him. You've been sniping all the running backs and you just snipe me on that one. So I'm going to take a guy. I hate Ray. This is a guy I mentioned earlier because of his draft capital. I'm going to take a person that was the ultimate shock. I thought A.J. Dillon was shocking, like I mentioned earlier. But at no point watching the draft did I ever expect to see Brandon Ayuk's name drafted as early as it was. He is an okay player. I I thought Nikhil Harry stood out far more than he did when I watched Arizona State. And Arizona State beat Michigan State twice. In the last two years. So unfortunately, I've had to watch that team beat my stupid, dumbass football team. And at no point was he a dominant player. And we were not a good team. I didn't understand it. But in the same sense that we talked about LaVisca Schnault being that little Swiss Army knife. You know, that's not what Nayuk is. And maybe Debo Samuel, who had a good rookie season, stays in that same role. There's There's nothing that suggests that maybe he will be the alpha that grows into something more. He could remain in that same exact spot, and that's what Kyle Shanahan wants in that offense, and he wants another guy to be that alpha. And if that guy is Brandon Ayuk, then that dude has a lot of value. Granted, I am not the biggest Jimmy Garoppolo fan, but here we are, what? What are we at, 207? 208? This is a first-round wide receiver. Last year, how many first-round wide receivers did we have? Granted, this year was a wonderful treat to every Dynasty player, just watching fantasy player after fantasy player of all relevances coming to our teams. But that says something. And so I'm going to take him. And I think this is about the spot for him. I've seen him, seen him go as high as 107, and I think that's absurd. Now, maybe it's just my bias against him as a prospect, and I've been wrong. I'm looking at you, Hakeem Butler. We talked about A.J. Brown a little bit earlier. He was my two behind Hakeem Butler, so I shit the bet on that one. So I'm going to take Brandon Ayuk, and it's it's for value purposes. It's not because I think he is overly talented, but first-round draft capital could potentially be the guy in San Francisco. And he's not the worst. I, I have seen worse players. So at this part of the draft, if you can get someone that went in the first round, I think you just it's tough to pass. If you need a quarterback, maybe you have an iffy quarterback situation. I wouldn't hate if you want a quarterback in this spot either. But I, I'm going to go with the skill position just because if he hits, he really hits. And I'm not a big Ayuk guy, but I, I will say this about Brandon Ayuk. 
is that he's got the draft capital. And a lot of times that matters. But I'm going to go with a guy who, who, who had day two draft capital, believe it or not, and that's Darrington Evans, uh, running back uh, in Tennessee. Deion Lewis is in New York with the Giants. And Derrick Henry, I don't know that he's going to sustain another 321 regular season touches and then another 88 postseason touches. Uh, J.D., uh, J.D. and I are fellow listeners of the Dream Preview podcast with R.J. Bell and Steve Fezzik, and they covered on their show a couple of weeks ago that running backs that have eclipsed 375 touches the next year on average see a 20% dip in production. Well, if that's the case, then I can already pencil Darrington Evans in for about 65 touches, and I, I think it'll be more than that. You don't pay a guy 10 million bucks a year on the franchise tag to absolutely kill him. They got him the rushing title last year. They got to the AFC Championship game last year. And I, I think they actually saw him wear down a little bit in that AFC Championship game. Uh, eventually, the, the toll of all those carries, even if you're a big man, and Derrick Henry is a big man. Now, Darrington Evans, not a big man. Five foot ten, 203 pounds, but has a good... BMI is at a 29.1 and it's not great but it's not horrible he does have day three draft capital and he's got speed on speed on speed 4.41 40 96 percentile uh, upper percentile burst and speed score uh, and and 20 bench press reps at 225 at the combine so strong dude good athlete we'll see what they do with him in Tennessee but Again, to, to Jerry's point earlier and to JD's as well, if you hit on this guy, his value goes up exponentially. JD, I'm going to throw it back to you for your last pick of this exercise, and do you have any comments on Ayuk or Darrington Evans? Yeah, I mean, just to go back to Jerry's comment on Ayuk, I quote, unquote, not the worst, right? Like, we're in, we're in the second round, and this is how we're describing the pick. So, like I mentioned on uh, when you're asking with regards to tips, right, with these rookie picks is let's just remember the hit rate on these guys. You know, they, I, I think when we look at them in our heads, we, we picture best case scenario. But when you describe a guy as not the worst guy to pick, you know, that's that's not very exciting. So uh, to me, it, I'm, I'm trying to get instant production. <laughs> Jesse, Jerry laughing over there. I, I'm trying to get that instant production with these with these running backs. If I'm in a premium league where the where it's super flex or there's tight end premium and that kind of stuff that changes it. But I'm going running back. I'm going running back strong. And then if I'm in there where I don't have a choice, I got to pick up a receiver. I'm trying to move out of it. So here I'm kind of torn because you've got two quarterbacks. And for me, at this point with the last pick, it depends on your roster. I'm big on roster construction when it gets to a certain point. Yeah, you want best player available, fine. But at the end of the day, I want to win ships, man. I don't really care about best player available. If It's whoever is going to help me, right? So if I need a quarterback, this is a great place to take him. You want Tua with a high ceiling. You want Joe Burrow with the, you know, quote, unquote, more guaranteed, I guess, uh, production because you know he's starting right off the bat. Tua might not be produ uh, starting the first season. But for me, there's a guy that's just been creeping into the second round, especially the back end of the second round. And that's another running back, which surprise, surprise. But Joshua Kelly, look, they're going to have whether whether it's 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 T.T. Coop with Tyrod Taylor out there in L.A. or whether it's a Herbert or whoever is, is the quarterback out there. It's a new situation with the new offense. And what happens in, in those situations? The running backs get a lot of work. Right. And Joshua Kelly's coming in. And he's basically going to take over. Sorry, let me rephrase that. He's basically going to be battling for that Melvin Gordon role. Because for me, Eckler, you should have sold him already. If you haven't, you might have a you know, chant that window might still be kind of creep, creaking closed, but it might still be there. But I, I don't know that we see Eckler with that CMC type of workhorse role. They brought in Joshua Kelly for a reason. This guy's got, he put up over 1,000 yards at UCLA for the two years that he was there over 200 carries. He can handle a workload. For me, he's a perfect complement to Eckler, and I think he's going to come there and there, and he could steal some some um, some steals e easily in the first year. Yeah, JJ's out there in, J in Justin Jackson, and, and I'm not I'm not disregarding him. You know, he's, uh, is it Matt, Matt Harmon or Matt? I can never remember the Matts, which Matt it was, who were super high on this guy coming into last year. But I think Joshua Kelly, 
fourth round draft capital for running back, not so bad. I think that he gets a chance and he's creeping cl- uh, higher and higher for me. Uh, like I said, he's jumped from the third to the end of the second round. He's a guy that I liked from the senior bowl, but he continues to get that steam. I like to call it the jetpack, but at least he's in a position to return on that investment quickly. And I've used the term a lot, flip. Like they talk about flipping houses in the real estate game. You could easily flip him at any point. If he gets hot, he's the kind of guy that if you draft him here and he gets off to a hot start and a contender loses a running back, you can easily get a contender's you know, which could be like the 109 through the 112 in a 12-team league, you could wind up getting there first for this guy because they're going to be like, screw it, man, I'm, I'm chasing the ship. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get my guy. Uh, this Kelly kid's getting a, good, getting a good workload. So, all right there, Mr. Jerry, you got one last pick in this international mockery extravaganza. So I figured Randy was going to like the Josh Kelly pick because I've been hearing Randy talk about Josh Kelly for, I don't know, months since the beginning of 2020, maybe, maybe before then. And here's the thing. I'm going to say something. And, you know, clearly by how you guys have drafted, you think I would be crazy. But I would take him over guys like McFarlane and Dylan, because I think, like J.D. said, he's going to be in for a role. Yes, Austin Eckler got paid, but he didn't get paid like a superstar. He got paid like he's Giovanni Bernard. Giovanni mm-hmm. Bernard's getting five million a year, and that was from two or three years ago. That's the role he's in. He's not this guy that's going to be a workhorse. And just to keep just stealing everything JD does because he's a good, smart man. You know, if you didn't sell Austin Eckler already, you're doing this thing wrong. You're talking about a dude that has just really emerged. Now, I don't want to say out of nowhere, but into superstar relevance out of nowhere. And things have changed there. So I'm flipping the hell out of that dude. And I think Josh Kelly is, I think he is probably the number one candidate. I will take him over Darrington Evans and all these guys that everybody's hyping. Give me Josh Kelly. Because that dude is going to show up. That dude is going to get production. And that value is going to keep on creeping up as we get through the season. And don't let anything happen to Austin Eckler. And then that guy is going to turn into a pot of gold. So my guy, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, is a Michigan boy. He went to high school with KJ Hamler at Warren D. LaSalle High School. Drafted by the, I almost said St. Louis Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, Van Jefferson. This is a dude that scares the hell out of me. And it's not because he's old. Because that's an easy argument to make. It's because I love Cooper Cup. And I think Robert Woods is probably the most disrespected wide receiver in the NFL as far as fantasy players are concerned. Jared Goff throws the damn ball around. They've been in a situation. They've got a creative young mind at head coach. They're going to continue to you know, be creative offensively and find different ways for guys to do that. And if he can have a role in that offense, he's going to be a good player. I think he's a good player just in general. And, you know, for all of these guys are going to have issues. But if you can end up being a starter in a potent offense, how can I hate you? It's it's like McCole Hardman. He's, He's like in that sort of situation. Not the same player, but that same situation where if you can be a starter with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, you're going to feast. If you can be a starter with McVay, and Jared Goff, who likes to throw the damn ball all around, you're going to be a good asset to have, and you're going to increase in value. And at 211, there's really no place to go but up. Now, I later on picks, but as a person, this is about the cutoff for Jerry. Anything past about this, I will throw them away to you in a trade because I don't care. And Randy takes advantage of it every single time. I but, so I'm going to go. <laughs> say I do indeed. I, I can't yes. help myself. Taking advantage of people is an old habit for me, like breathing. I just, I just can't help. I have to do it. Uh, my last guy is a – you know what? I'm real proud of all of us. I'm real proud of JD. I'm real proud of Jerry. And I'm real proud of myself because you want to talk about a guy with the steam. You want to talk about a guy with the Twitter jetpack on his back, Mr. Antonio Gibson. Maybe he's a wide receiver. Maybe he's a running back. But then again, he did it at Memphis. We don't know. Memphis, hell of a school, named after me, ironically enough. But, <laughs> but, but, but a guy, you know, and, and it's hard not to get the steam on you as a second-round pick when your head coach and offensive coordinator 
throw around comps to Christian McCaffrey. It, it's, it's not hard to get excited when you know they're so talent devoid in Washington. You know, outside of Terry McLaren, there's not a ton there. And this guy's going to line up as a running back, but we know he's going to catch passes. He's the kind of guy that, that if I get him, I'm, I'm just hoping for James White returns. Now, you might think, well, wouldn't we want higher than that? Well, sure, we always want more. But James White's a guy for about the last three years that's given you 13 PPR points a week. If I can get anyone, if I could put Jerry in a jersey and he got me 13 PPR points a week, that some bitch is going in my lineup each and every time. So I'm real proud of us. I'm glad that he didn't catch that steam and make it to the mid-second round. He only made it to the end of the second. So there you go for all the listeners that have been wanting a 1QB league with no tight end premium. Here you go. We dedicated an entire week to it. JD, our guest, before we get you out of here, man, first of all, I want to say thank you very much for jumping on with Jerry and I, for helping us continue the international theme. Dude, what's going on with you? I know you guys have got several podcasts going on, uh, not only with Dan at Overhyped Sleeper, no E on the end, and uh, your other co-host, Eric at the Shiva 82. Uh, what's going on in Goatland, man? Yeah, we got uh, the Goat District Pod, which is like the uh, the staple, which is dynasty, player value, that kind of thing. We, we're, we keep bringing on the guest. You know, the guest list is just VIP on the weekly. So stay tuned for that. We drop that on the weekly. Ballin is all about best ball. Like you said, we've got Dan, who's who's one of the goats when it comes to high stakes, high volume, best ball. The Shiva, he's same thing, man. Passionate guy. He, he puts in the volume. He studies the game. He's a big best ball guy. So the three of us get together and talk best ball on a weekly basis. So you can check in us out there. I'm at Goat District. You can tag me on any of your trades, anything you want to talk on player value, roster construction, anything fantasy, drop it on there. Um, look, guys, it, it, it's an exciting time because, you know, yeah, it, it, it's iffy times. There, there's that fear there. We don't know what's going to happen in the near future. But look, we got UFC this weekend. Tonight they announced the NFL schedule. There's hope, guys. There, you know. Let, let's be positive. Let's look at the the glass half full. Let's not get too crazy. Let's not just jump out in the streets and you know run around naked and you know everything's good. But let, let's be positive and let's help each other get through this, man. We got a lot of exciting things coming up. Let's study that NFL schedule. You know, they released that tonight, so that'll be exciting. They've got a 36-hour special. I think uh, they're they're promoting on the NFL Network, but. Yeah, man. Just uh, thanks for having me, guys. You guys are two guys that I respect and love talking fantasy football. And uh, that's about it, man. That's all I got. Jerry, it was nice of you to uh, be less essential long enough to cut one of these two podcasts with us. Uh, Anything special going on with you, big guy? Nope. Just uh, glad JD came on. He's uh, in what I would call the fraternity of podcast brothers that we have going on. Uh, Maybe that's just an effort because he is one of the great organizers of Dynasty uh, degenerates in this world. <laughs> so if I could tell any, uh, listen, we just did this mock and you know, mocks are always just so fantastic because it's just a, to draft and everybody loves drafting. But if you could take one thing from this podcast that I'm going to tell the listeners right now, here's a little secret. Suck up to JD, do it on Twitter, do it in his DMC, whatever <laughs> you got to do. Cause if you can get into a goat league, you have never been in a better league. Every single pick gets traded three, four, 17 times, depending if Nate Pilmer's in the league. And if he is, then <laughs> it just know that he's going to send you offers. There is no leagues that are as intense, as entertaining as these ones. And this man puts it all together. We're all in a group chat that is just, you know, sometimes a little off the rails. But I get to take screenshots of it, and it makes me laugh. But, it, you know, it's just, it's just fun. Glad you came on. Randy, always good to talk to you, even if you, you know, took some of my guys. It is what it is, I guess. <laughs> that is just how I roll, Bubba. But I, I want to thank you both for making time. Uh, a lot going on. Everybody's podcasting. Everybody's rookie drafting. Everybody's starting up. But we, we hope you enjoyed it this week. And on behalf of J.D., Jerry and myself here at the Dynasty War Zone. We're just here to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Hey, fellow War Zone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty fantasy football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, 
well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy. Which one do you like? You put it in the cart. You add the ring to the cart. You add the promo code DWZ ring. Makes the ring free. And your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring, and let's have a big season.